Welcome to episode 17 of the Golf Betting System podcast. We're talking this week the Mexico Championship, which is the first World Golf Championship of 2018. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour previewer at Golf Betting System. And with me is our European Tour, or should I say World Golf Championship expert this week. It's Paul Williams. How are you, Paul? I'm very well, Steve. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. Uh, good, good. Basking Con- in the glory. Yeah, congratulations on oh, your you. uh, t- uh, Justin Thomas uh, pick last week. What about, cro- what about Crocker shit? What happened to him? <laughs> well, oh, sorry, I'm yeah. jumping the gun. I'm jumping yeah, the gun. Yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. Knock a man when he's down. Eh? Yeah, I know. We also, we also have resident guest Barry O'Han. I, I'm wondering, Barry, when you don't become a guest. When do you just become resident? I, I'm, I'm not sure, actually. Um... Yeah. No, good, I'm not sure. Anyway, for now you're a resident guest. I, yes, I, I, resident. I'm guest. happy. I'm happy with that status. It's better than resident non-guest. <laughs> yeah. Well, a bit of housekeeping. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk. Just search golf betting or golf betting tips in a search engine of your choice. You'll find us. Uh, Twitter handles. I'm at Bamford Golf. Paul is at Golf Betting. Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. Um, I always mention this, I, uh, positive iTunes reviews, brilliant, uh, likes, comments on Podbean, all much appreciated, we're getting more and more of them and they are sending a very positive message to the uh, to the powers that be that the podcast is growing in strength, which is, is excellent listener numbers and download numbers again for last week. Now, it's World Golf Championship time, where the two tours merge, PGA Tour and European Tour. Pretty much the best players from both are playing this week in Mexico. Now, as it works on golf betting system, Paul tends to do the World Golf Championship events. So you do the Mexico Championship, don't you, Paul? You also do the WGC. WGC Bridgestone, the match play, and you also do the HSBC, don't yeah, you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we've got the, um, we're three weeks away from the match play, which is the next one after this. But uh, yeah, the first one of the season. So it's, it comes around quite quickly, actually, after the after the start of the year. But uh, uh, Paul's been a little bit stitched up this week because normally at this uh, juncture, you, you can often get three tournaments. Uh, one purely on the European Tour, I know it's complicated, one purely on the PGA Tour and this merged WGC event. As it happens, the Puerto Rico Open has been cancelled this year, uh, Hurricane Katrina and all that business. They're running some kind of pro-am thing that's got a very poor field, but it isn't an official PGA Tour event. But Paul is also pulling together a preview, which I will link to under the description on Podbean and, of course, golfbettingsystem.co.uk for the Tushwani Open. And I know that we're not going to talk about it tonight, but Paul has a nice inroad onto the, uh, the Tushwani. Uh, you've done quite well on that in the past, haven't you? So we're going to put... Uh, Paul's pulling a full preview together for that on the European Tour. But on this particular podcast, we are focusing 100% on the 2018 WGC Mexico Championship. Do you want to take us... Well, in fact, let, before we talk about that, any learnings from last week? I, I'll start on this one this week. Learnings yeah, from last week. Learnings from last week. Um, I need to just be relative and realistic here. For me at the moment, Justin Thomas, I've got him 
and he, he mentioned it on his uh, in his interview yesterday after the event. He is gunning for world number one, and I think when he's in form, he was so so um, calm yesterday. The way that he closed that event, I thought it was very 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 impressive. Um, I mean, Luke List gave him a handful. Alex Noren played some great golf. Tommy was right up there as well. But the, just the way he closed that back nine, no bogeys, just the two birdies. The pressure on that um, wedge shot on 18 was unbelievable. But to pull that off was the mark of a quality player for me. A player that I think's got some, you know, just you can just see he, he's got so much fight and desire in there to, to win tournaments. It's unbelievable. And I saw a stat today that said for his age, there's only him, Jordan Spieth and Tiger Woods that have won eight. PGA Tour titles beneath the, I think it was under 23 years of age. Yeah, he's, he's prolific, isn't he? I remember going back a couple of years ago when you backed him the first time. I forget, was it was it the Travellers you backed him? And, uh, he was, no, I uh, think the first time I ever tipped him up was uh, like the old Humana Challenge. Right, okay. Yeah, and he was, was, you remember, he was leading and... And then I think he hit it in the water on 17. But yeah, even, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. back then you could see you were dealing with something that was... Abnormal, if you like, someone that was clearly a, a really big, big talent. Yeah, I, I, me- I remember him going for the uh, going for the green. I think he was in the bunker on the seventeenth and going for the uh, yeah. going for the green to try and win the tournament and, uh, and banging it in the water and then uh, chipped out and a couple of chips, a couple of putts, and uh, ended up missing out on a place. I think so. I remember the conversation with you and I afterwards where you were fuming. Oh, the, you, I, I was seething. It was a normal Monday morning. Seething. But, but you, you, you didn't even get, but, you know, sometimes you look at that and go, well, at least the guy had the, uh, you know, had, had the balls to go for that shot to try and win the tournament. And uh, he's, yeah, he's a prolific machine now, isn't he? He's, he's, he's yeah. turned out, win after win after win. So, uh, yeah, Intr- I think... I, 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 I've, I, the other learning I took from yesterday is I think Luke List is progressing. I think the way that he played and showed some real mental bottle yesterday... I think that's one for the that's one for the sort of back of the brain mental note that I think if 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 there's a course that suits list, I think he's progressing slowly towards being able to actually get that first victory. Yeah. Whether yeah, it, no, whether it'll be an acceptable price when he wins, you, you don't know, do you? Um, what about you guys in terms of um, you know what did you note yesterday from your golf viewing, Barry? Um, what did you note in in Katarpal? We, we, oh, I'm sure you're going to talk about Mr. Crocker. <laughs> Do you want to go first, Barry? Yeah, I actually got sat down and watched um, watched the final round last night, which is nice always to do it on a Sunday evening. Um, they don't always live up to expectations, but uh, the back nine between Thomas and List was just uh, super impressive. The shots they were stuffing in one after the other, um, yeah. like on a really difficult golf course where most of the other guys were playing extremely safe. Um, and these two were just going for it and pulling it off as well. Really impressive from both of them. Um, just a, that co- that course was a brute, wasn't oh, it? Yeah, it was. And firm, firm fairways, deep rough, and fast fair, you know, fast greens. It was it was it was proper U.S. Open kind of course. Yeah, it was a wonderful test of golf. Um, a little bit unfortunate that the greens were kind of not in the best of shape. I think they're relaying them next year. I heard. Um, yeah. But you know everybody has to play on the same golf course, so uh, you know you can you can complain all you like, but you just got to get uh, knuckle down and uh, get on with it. And you know the two boys put on a really great show, and Thomas just again showing his class. He's uh, I, I 
I can I just can't see a ceiling for him at this stage. It's no, I'm with you. It's uh, it's wonderful to watch. And uh, I know I know it's easy to get excited when you've got this kind of stuff in your memory bank from 12 hours ago, but you you I can see him being absolutely perfect for Augusta. You know, the power, the accuracy. I think he's I think he's something like fourth or fifth for proximity to hole. On the PGA Tour at the moment, um, boat, you know the way that the bogeys are starting to become under control. You know he's got the high ball flight, varied ball flight. Would, if he can, if he can, if he can get hot on the greens this year. Just, just to nitpick a tiny bit, his default with it off the tee seems to be a fade, and we all. So Sergio, so was Sergio's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm and and Justin Rose's. Try- this is the point, isn't it? I think this thing about the draw, and Paul and I, we were always hooked on it, Barry. Absolutely hooked. Oh, it needs to be. A, you need to draw the ball, Augusta. But in recent years, you know, faders are just as prolific at the moment. Well, I mean, it seems like they maybe just be fly, they are flying it over those corners. <laughs> you know, they're hitting it yeah, so absolutely. far. Um, oh look, yeah, you got it. I don't think there's a tournament you can't fancy or have or make a case for Thomas um, being able to win um, at this stage. He, he just seems to show up uh, sets of skills that match up to, to any test that's thrown at him these days. I'll ask you the question. I'll ask you both of you the question before we move on to Katarpal. In terms of um, where the two players are at at the moment, and I know that they're very close in the world rankings, and I'm sure listeners will be interested in your opinion. If you were to compare Spieth and Thomas right here, right now, you know who for you has got the better chance of you know of of contending in majors this year and who are you of the two at the moment who are you most impressed with well space has got such a fantastic record at augusta then you know it's it's tough to to look past him but he's not quite right is he his his putting's still not quite right um thomas after yesterday um you know you're looking at the us open or any future us open you're thinking what is a potential contender there um, he's got. He's got. I think they've both got more majors in them. So uh, that's a. That's an interesting question. I. I mean, I. I they're both super talented, and Spieth has uh, time and again shown his ability to, even when he's not at the top of his game, to get himself in the right positions in the big events. So, I think it. I think it's a. You know, that one two percent on a given week. If one of them can just peak that tiny bit better than the other, they can. Uh, they could both go on and win a major or two this year. Very possible. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, as we always say, you just want to see the best players. At, uh, I mean, we've always said this. If you can get three or four of the best players in the world playing at their peak at Augusta this year, it's going to be absolutely fabulous to watch. Yeah. Fingers crossed. That, that's, I, think, I think that's all we want, really, isn't it, as golf fans and, and punters to a certain extent. Okay, Qatar Masters quickly, Paul. Yeah, I, just just going back quickly to uh, to the Honda. Um, I'm sure you guys noticed Sam Burns. He was uh, playing mm. alongside Tiger Woods, and he looks like a, a talent for the future. I know there was a there was a thread on our Facebook group uh, last week and um, asking whether you know which of the players that you you could see up and coming and uh, you know being you know one of these next big uh, big players of the future. And uh, you know t- t- to do what he did yesterday, I thought was uh, was pretty impressive. Um, Norrin and Fleetwood as well. Again, you know those guys are, are really starting to contend um, in big PGA Tour events, not just European Tour. But you know Norrin could have won one already back at uh, Torrey Pines, and again he was right in the mix again yesterday. 
Um, and Fleetwood after well, it wasn't as much a rocky start last week, but so or the week before. But uh, you know, again last week he was uh, he was in the lead at one point, wasn't yeah. he? So, I think yeah. I think I made a miscalculation with Riviera, and Barry did mention it at the time. That place really is you've got to you've got to have an appearance around there. Really, it's mm. so tricky, Riviera. Um, Honda wasn't the case. I will say with Fleetwood as well. He's playing now. Uh, he's playing five straight, so he's already played yeah. two. He's playing Mexico. He's playing Foul Spa, and he's playing Bay Hill. Right. Okay. So he then, he, re- he really is deep deep into the PGA Tour this year. And then 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 presumably the match play as well after that. Yeah, yeah, six straight. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. six straight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about Qatar? Yeah, Qatar. Um, he was quite promising up until uh, close to the. Uh, after after the third day, we got Wood, we got Larafi Bell, we got uh, Sean Crocker going out, um, the you know, tour off the lead. Um, so you'd have hoped that one or more of those would seriously contend and get a place or two. And in the end, it was Larafi Bell who came through and uh, he finished in a tie for uh, fourth, I think it was in the end. So we got a full each way power and the seven places from from Coral. Um, but yeah, Crocker was a bit. Um, a bit disappointed. I think the learning I'll take from that, and something he said in an interview, um, was that he hasn't had a great deal of experience on more grainy greens. And you got to bear in mind, he's a young lad. Um, he hasn't had as much experience on um, Bermuda full stop as some of the other players. And uh, you know, one for the memory banks when he's uh, ne- next on a bent or bent bent power type surface, um, and it kind of, it seems to suit the naps. Perhaps the uh, Perhaps the way to back him, um, but uh, you know he's, he's had so few starts up until now that it's difficult to assess exactly where his game is. But you start to learn these little bits about these players as they uh, as they get into contention and get some uh, uh, get some airtime on the TV as well. Is that, you, was inter- you, you were both on Lerazabal, weren't you? Yeah, we were. Yeah, Bar- Barry mentioned him in the uh, podcast last week as well, didn't you, Barry? Yeah, uh, foolishly backed him on the win-only market on Betfair to get better odds, oh, no. and uh, <laughs> yeah, he just never got quite close enough for it to work out. So, um, yeah, ditching that strategy in the <laughs> going forward. Can we just back to Crocker quickly. Is that not a little bit of a convenient excuse and kind of dodging the real truth that he went 70, 67, 68, 67? In great position to go and try get a win on Sunday and shoot seventy six. Is that not? Well, is he not saying? Is yeah, he not talking about the greens and maybe de- deflecting from the fact that the pressure might have got to him, which which seems yeah, to be the I, truth I, there. Probably the comment on the greens was actually from further earlier in the week from him, and um, he got himself into position after kind of that that concession himself. So um, yeah, but then when the pressure's on. You know, one of the things that you might struggle with is is your putting potentially, and if your things aren't quite right, either mentally or, you know, you're not quite comfortable for whatever reason, then it it can uh, it can affect you. Yeah. Clearly, he's still learning. He's still learning his game, and um, you know, it didn't quite work out. But he should should be better for the experience. And I said I said the same thing about Southgate the week before. But both of them can potentially kick on from that. I wouldn't it wouldn't put me off backing them again when I think the time's right for um, in the future. But you know, from from both of their perspective, it's disappointing when they're in a um, a truly contending position going into the final day, and, uh, and you know, and, and don't even place. It's uh, a frustration of this game, as you know. Yeah, he does. He does have a very good aggressive win or bust style, which mm. should hopefully, if you can catch him on nice odds, grab you know, get a win and have him backed when he oh, when he goes yeah. on, when he goes after it and gets it. Yeah, yeah, very long as well, and we saw we saw more of him on TV last week than we had done um, 
previously, or at least I'd, more than I'd seen him previously. And uh, you know, he's long. Um, he's he, he was hitting fairways as well for the most part. And uh, you know, he's one of these new, as you say, aggressive um, type players who's uh, he's got a win in him. I'm sure he has. It's just need, we just need to marry up the uh, the right week. I think. Could be. The, it's going to be. Um... Yeah, it, it, it's just power packed, isn't it? You can just mm. see that, and I, you you get the feeling with a lot of these young Americans that hit the European tour because they play such competitive golf in the states. They learn very quickly yeah. on on a tour, which, with the best respect in the world, isn't you know it isn't the PGA tour. There's levels within levels on the European tour, and you know if you've got the talent, um, and I don't think the courses are overly difficult. A lot of them, you can get to learn them quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that I think there's wins, you know, for players of the ilk of Crocker. Right. Yeah, a bit further down the line, you know, you look at some of the courses at the back end of the year, the, the ones like the one at the Czech Republic, that kind of that kind of track should suit him down to the ground. So, you know, we might have to just keep a powder dry a little bit on him for the time being. But um, yeah, he's got he's, he's got a win in him, the boy. Julian Suri being another one. Clearly, he won quite quickly last year on the European yeah. Tour, and he, he's, yeah, he, he's he's back there now because he he didn't get enough money or. Pl- places at the PJ Tour, the mm-hmm. events he did on the West Coast. Okay, right, uh, WGC Mexico Championship played at Club de Golf, uh, how do you pronounce this? Chapultepec. Chapultepec? Chapultepec, yeah. yeah. I suppose now, it's slightly, slightly different than that in the uh, the local lingo, but close enough. For listeners of a older ilk who followed golf for a while, this is clearly the old WGC Cadillac Championship that they used to play at Doral and for whatever reason they it got moved I think it's here for three years minimum isn't it in Mexico I think the, the original deal was for seven years so uh, we'll, we'll see how if that is maintained uh, okay. all the way through it so seven yeah, years that's good so it's been uh, been at Doral for ten years prior to that. I mean, b- before that, it was quite nomadic the the event. So we were a bit spoiled really with it being at Doral for ten years on the trot. But uh, but yeah, the deal last year was for seven years. So um, we may well see a bit of this track for a, a few years to come, which is which is no bad thing. It's quite a nice layout and uh, you know one of these proper classical old style um, tracks, but at uh, seven thousand feet of altitude. So. Um, you're talking. I mean, some of the interviews with the guys who were playing last year, and typically when we, you and I are talking about altitude tracks, it's you know adding ten percent or thereabouts on. But this is even higher than um, those kind of uh, uh, tracks. So you're talking fifteen, maybe twenty percent going onto the length of, uh, of, of drives, and you know it's a massive, um, a, a massive calculation and adjustment that needs to be made to. Uh, to, to your shots when you're playing at that kind of level of elevation and the point is it's not consistent between the clubs you know your, your longer clubs or you, you're hitting the ball higher it's potentially going further closer to the 20 percent some of your some of your other shots maybe get down to 10 so um, it was interesting listening to uh, to lefty talk about it last year and he was saying that um, he enjoys that style of golf because it's um, it's very much feeling what you're um, you know, feeling your way around the course with you know visualizing shots and um, you know working out how close you're going to get with a particular shot and adjusting it for the uh, for the elevation as well from for the for the altitude. So we're think- so on the same wavelength because I was picturing the same interview, which was fascinating with Phil before yeah. last year, or I think it was after the first round. He was going into the details of 
of a myriad of different shots that he was taking and the calculations they were having to make for the altitude. It was, uh, yeah. you know, if it was a fade or a draw or whatever. It was a yeah, really it, interesting uh, interview that he did. Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm trying to think back now, but I think he was talking about when he won at Cherry Hills a yeah, long yeah, time yeah. ago. Um, and, you know, how he enjoyed that at the time. And, uh, you know... Uh, he, he was doing well in his tournament last year. He'd, he'd gotten himself into a, it's a great position. Um, a lot of luck he had last year, and a lot of uh, lot he of was spray, he was spraying it all over the course, wasn't he? And it was his yeah. magical short game that was just saving him. Yeah, well, he, he had he had a, a few questionable uh, drops as well um, from under <laughs> yeah. bushes, and uh, you know, he, I, I remember a quote with uh, with McElroy who was playing with him one of the rounds, and he said, you know, Phil's gone out and shot sixty eight today, and um, if I'd have hit the ball anywhere near as bad as that I'd never ever ever got as close to 68 as he's just done today but uh, yeah he didn't quite keep it going for four rounds Phil but um, clearly he, he got do you uh, want to talk us through the basics of the course because it is a classical golf course it's tree lined isn't it clearly at yeah. altitude now and can you also clarify the greens what the constitution of the greens are yeah it's, uh, the course is 7,345 yards past 71 um, it's classical tree lined. It's um, played at seven thousand feet of altitude, so you, you're probably adjusting that down to somewhere around six thousand five hundred yards in reality. So, in, you wow. know, for, for a modern course, it's super short. So, um, you know, clearly that's it, it will say seven three four five on the card because that's that's what it is. But um, by the time you've added this ten to fifteen percent, twenty percent number in, depending on the club and the, the you know the, the the time of day and the heat and all the different variables are in there. It's it's super short. Uh, Kikuya rough fairways and um, Poana greens. Now I I've seen quoted Ben Poe, but the, officially it's uh, it's Poana. So um, that's what I'm basing my um, preview, which will be out tomorrow morning, on and the uh, the calculations that I've done for this particular event. Um, so, so we're we're saying pure we're saying pure power, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that was the uh, that's, that came from the uh, the greenkeepers uh, card for the for the course. Yeah. So, I, I guess over time these the tracks and the tracks been around for since the nineties. I'm gonna have to. I'll go back into my stats for last year then, because I it was it was I put it down as bent power, so I can clearly change that. That's which makes more sense because obviously Dustin Johnson won, and we know well he's just yeah. a, he's just a poana monster anyway, isn't he? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense from uh, from watching it last year and the comments as well from a lot of the players where um, it was particularly... The, the, the track itself it is tight, it is tree-lined. Um, a lot of the challenge actually comes on the greens. The greens are quite undulating, um, they're multi-tiered, but also they're, the putts aren't flat. It's not like you know some of these tracks you go to where um, it's like you're putting on a, a billiard table or snooker table. Um, it's nothing like that. They're far lumpier than that. They're far, you know, the putts are far snakier than that. So um, okay. a lot of putts were being missed from two, three, four feet, um, a lot more than you'd expect for that kind of level of um, golfer that's uh, that's playing. Um, on the flip side, there were an awful lot of chippings last year, I mean, an inordinate amount of chippings. So you know, short game around the greens, and they're relatively small greens as well. Um, clearly is important, but um, I think it's won and lost on the greens. And they, they're kind of they're, they're on the stimp. They're going up to twelve, thirteen on the stimp. Um, you'll see some of the shots that are played, and in some respects, they're kind of Augusta-like in that you're playing away from the greens and using the console of the greens to bring the ball back down towards the hole. 
Um, there was one shot that Jordan Spieth played last year where he did exactly that. He, he wedged it in from 60 yards or thereabouts. Um, played it against a, a hill and just uh, you know ran up to the green and watched it uh, watched it roll into the uh, watched it roll into the cup. So um, a bit of imagination around the greens is required, um, and uh, being able to handle the uh, the pioneer greens as well is going to be a uh, an important part of this week. I'm sure. I'm am seeing a um, a huge correlation just with the names that of the PGA Tour players that were involved last year. You know, DJ John Rahm. Uh, we clearly had uh, Thomas Branch, Snedeker, Phil Mickelson. I mean, that is a massive, massive, massive West Coast correlation. And clearly, with a Poana, you you can see that, um, and you can see what that links all about. So, it, what kind of courses? I mean, to me, that shouts, um, and we know the Kikuyu link. It shouts Torrey Pines, yep, and it also, yep. it also shouts Riviera. Yeah, um, those, I mean, those are the two that I'm I'm focusing on. Um, for for most recent form in terms of correlation, because you're absolutely right. Looking at the Kikuyu, looking at the the Poana that's in the greens, you know they're two very clear um, correlating courses in that. Respect. We also had Fleetwood and Fisher bang on it from a European tourist perspective last year, and if you look yeah. at both of those guys, they've both performed well up at Cranshaw Sierra altitude on the on the European tour, yeah. um, and I know that. Ross Fisher's clearly gone well on the in the Italian Open again. Tree line scorable. Mm-hmm. So are they again two more courses that, from a European tour perspective, you work very, work very well? Yeah, Cran, Cran's definitely. Um, again, as you said, it's uh, you know it's a mountainside track. It's altitude. Um, it's another short track as well that needs some adjustment in terms of uh, your clubbing. Um, and the small po- poa bent, in the greens as well. Yeah, isn't small, it? Bent, small bent poa greens. So th- there's an awful lot of correlation there. Um, and you know, in terms of style, the the track itself um, similar to one of the, um, the the scorable Italian Opens, not the twenty twenty five hundred lark, but the, you know, this is going to be kind of fifteen under there or thereabouts, give or take a shot, I expect. So. Um, you know they, they they can tuck the pins away a little bit here and make it um, less scorable. Last on the Saturday last year they opened it up a little bit and there were some decent scores. And I think it's a speed shot sixty three or thereabouts on the Saturday. So they can they can flex it around, but uh, but yeah, style wise it's um, it, it it's more like a, a an Italian Open Spanish Open type affair that's uh, that's tree lined and uh, uh, you know a classical style rather than a you know, it's not not kind of, it's not a Valderrama in terms of its difficulty and uh, you know. Have you managed to get a feel time. for kind of what um, what kind of course conditions we might face? Is it going to be soft or firm or? Yeah, windy, they've had a windy. They've had a they've had a mixed um, few weeks coming in, so there has been some thunderstorms. There's been a few days of rain, but there's also been some sunny days as well. So I expect it will be um, pretty you know fair to middling. It won't it won't be particularly soft, but it won't be particularly firm. I think it's going to be. Yeah, somewhere in the middle. It's uh, it's going to be a dry four days most likely. There's a small chance of uh, a, a shower each day, but you're talking ten fifteen percent, so not much at all. Um, temperatures up to around about seventy five seventy eight degrees Fahrenheit each day. So it's going to be nice and pleasant, not overly hot, but um, you know it's, it's nice for for all the players in terms of the temperature at least. Um, and the the wind might get up to eight miles an hour in the afternoons. It's gonna be pretty calm. So you'd imagine that's gonna encourage a lot of low scoring. Um, and as I say, DJ got to fourteen under last year was the winning score. 
Um, and it, the conditions weren't particularly any worse. It was just that they, you know, they can set the course up so it does play um, a reasonably reasonable challenge. Um, and I expect it may be that kind of number again, given that it's really quite calm and it could, you know, it's, it's not likely to be particularly firm. I'd expect it's going to be. Yeah, kind of 14, 15, maybe 16 under wins the... Uh, wins yeah, the and, the, and the fact they know the, the course and the greens a bit more. Yeah, I think the guys that did play it last year um, will have the advantage from from the perspective of understanding how um, you can be creative around these greens, how you can play away from pins and still get it close. Um, and I guess if you come in there and looking at this for the first time, you're going to be trying to play... Um, straight, you know, straight towards pins. You're not going to be trying to be um, overly creative and flashy with it because you won't understand the nuances of the of the of the course. And those guys that have had a, a few extra rounds, practice rounds as well. Um, on top of that, will um, be a little bit of an advantage, I think. And um, it was interesting last year because the the lead um, chopped and changed quite a lot. Um, McRoy was um, ahead quite early on. Um, you may recall. Actually, he'd, he'd been poorly before the event and. Um, you know, everyone was one of these scenarios where you go, well, you know, I can't back Rory because he's not very well. And he was uh, he was too clear at the halfway point um, and then kind of fell back. I think he finished seventh or somewhere there or thereabouts. Um, and Justin Thomas was go, uh, the 54-hole leader going into the final day and uh, he fell back and eventually finished in a tie for fifth. Um, and DJ got himself four shots ahead um, at the halfway point in the final round and uh, nearly gave it all up. Um, Tommy Fleetwood had a chance. Um, had, had, uh, had DJ made a mess of the final hole to to force the playoff. So you know clearly there's uh, there's birdies and bogeys out there, um, and uh, there's different ways to get the job done. I think. Uh, it was, it, again, digging through the stats is interesting to see some of the players did play quite an aggressive kind of risk reward style for this particular event and uh, you know they, they, were, they were getting 23 25 birdies that kind of number and, and 12 15 bogeys to complement it and then some players like Fleetwood far more um, measured in his approach um, fewer birdies fewer bogeys and got himself into the mix that way so I think there's there's going to be a plenty of different ways to skin the cat this week it's one of those rare PGA Tour. I know it's not PGA Tour, but they clearly sent all the PGA Tour kit out there because they actually had full um, strokes gain stats from there last year, didn't they? Mm. Yeah. And it looked to me as if it was far more of a tee to green gain contest than a putting contest. So uh, DJ ranked uh, first for tee to green. Fleetwood, who was second, was second. Uh, Ross Fisher and John Rahm were tied for third. They were both thirteenth tee to green and sixth tee to green. So I think you, you you need to be guy. You need clearly to have guys that are, are have got a decent approach game at the moment, and and who have got a, a decent scrambling game for when they're missing greens. Yeah, it's you, you look at the top six, and you just say DJ Fleetwood, Fisher, Ram, Peters, Thomas. They're you know they're players that you'd kind of categorise in um, broadly. They're generally longer players, and you know with the likes of Fleetwood and Fisher, you've got um, you know almost metronomic uh, ball strikers and then you know the other guys are you know on their game they're fantastic ball strikers um but the real challenge of the course last year was on the greens that's it was won and lost um on those guys who could handle the the pie and the surfaces so um i think you you need a combination of the both you need to be able to get yourself safely there um and then you, you know you, you need to be making those um three putt, three foot putts for par to begin with and then uh, you know trying to build a score by not making too many mistakes 
Um, as I say, some of the guys went out there and uh, really attacked it and produced a lot of birdies, a lot of bogeys, and got themselves into the mix that way. Thomas mm. was, I think, Thomas led the field for birdies, but he had something like thirteen bogeys on the week. It's you know, it's a, different too, ways to cut it. I think too many though. Ultimately, what do you remember, Barry? Do you remember this uh, contest from last year? Pass. <laughs> very moving swiftly. Very on. Very little. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you, if you were to look at the odds checker market, lads? So you know, let's work, let's work through it. If we're t- if we're talking the top six in the market, that takes us down to Fowler. What kind of views have we got on DJ being favourite? JT. Then we got Ram, Spieth, Fleetwood, and Fowler. I, I think it's really hard to look past Tommy Fleetwood at the moment. Like, just looking at your rolling stats, Steve. Um, for, you know, off the tee, greens and regulation, he's just dominating at the moment. Um, yeah. Coming off a really good performance, he'll be a little bit annoyed and frustrated that he yeah, he didn't get himself into that playoff yesterday. Prob- you know, um, he'll feel like he probably let that one slip. Um, so he's kind of going to go out with a little bit more to, a little bit of something to prove this week. Um, th- the one thing I'd noticed from... Um, just a, your little sneak preview, Paul, was uh, interesting stat that the top six in this last year weren't involved on the weekend in the Honda Classic. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So so the top four didn't play whatsoever. The, the next two, the guys who finished fifth and sixth, which were uh, Peters and Thomas, they both missed the cut. So um, I think there's some logic there. Steve and I were chatting about it earlier. And, um, you know, with a, with a stringent test that is... Uh, that is the uh, the PGA National, the um, the challenge of competing, contending, and being involved for four days. What's almost like a, a US Open style tournament. Um, you know, it can it, it can grind you down a bit. I think. And listen, uh, listen, listen to this, guys. This 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 feeds into this beautifully, right? I've gone back to 2012, and I've li- I've listed the winner and where they played the previous tournament, where they uh, where they. Uh, finish so Justin Rose 2012 he was fifth at the Honda Classic the week before uh, Tiger Woods in 13 was 37th at the Honda Classic Patrick Reed in 14 was 24th at the Honda Classic DJ 2015 he played the Honda Classic but missed the cut and Adam Scott in 16 he won the Honda Classic okay now of course at that point they were playing at West Palm Beach Gardens and they were driving an hour down the coast to Miami for the Blue Monster at Doral. As soon as we get to last year, DJ was first at Riviera, and then we're talking about there being similarities with the Poana Greens, with the, the tree-lined course. So you, all of a sudden, you've that, that link in the chain is broken, and DJ won after winning at Riviera. And, and you're, as you're saying, the top five from last year, didn't play in Florida the week before. So it's very, very, you know, it, it makes logical sense that that has changed. I think you, you've got two aspects there. You've got the um, the fact that it is a tough tournament and um, you've got to pick yourself straight up there. And as you said, you're not just travelling down the road, you're going to Mexico and also switching from Bermuda to Poana yeah, Greens. There's a lot of adjustment to be made in the space of a couple of days. Now, these guys can do it, they're professionals, of course they are. Um, but if you're looking for someone who's going to go out there and take a World Golf Championship um, by the scruff of the neck against the, the elite, or most of the elite of uh, World Golf, 
then you know these factors can come into the equation. I think. And DJ mm. had the week off last week, so DJ's not played. And um, and for me, at the top of the market, if DJ plays his game, he's incredibly difficult to oppose. The question is whether you can take him at. Uh, I think in, in fact all the seven to one's gone, so I think you're getting thirteen to two now as the yeah. as the best price out there. So. Uh, you know, that's, it's, a, it's a tough call, I guess. Justin Thomas is coming on in off the back of that win last week. Um, is he going to be up for it straight away to, to you know, adjust um, to be in competitive mode straight away, eight to one? Oh yeah, there's there's no there's no wriggle room, is there? You know, yeah. you're either um, you're either backing them each way, and that's your only punt for the week, or mm. you're backing them win only. So there's no wriggle room. No. Yeah, you know, Rams there at twelve. Spieth, we talked about uh, fourteen. Um, we've talked at length before about his putting on Poana, and um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm as unconvinced as you are that that's his uh, that's his best putting surface. Yeah, he's, um, he's he's won on it now, but um, you know, there's, there's far stronger surfaces for him. Fleetwood eighteen to one. Again, there's not much room for manoeuvre there, but Fleetwood, you know, Tommy's playing so well, wasn't he? It's a difficult one. It's, it's it's an interesting tournament actually because you know you can make I, I I struggle to make a case for a lot of players I you know you go down the list and you kind of scrub in players off one by one by one um, to the point at which you're kind of not leaving yourself many that you do fancy are going to uh, going to do well it's uh... well you got DJ clearly he's a West Coast and Poana monster I just I just don't think his game's quite you can't tell from one week to the next with DJ but. No. He hasn't been the best, most prolific greens in regulation of late last couple of outings. I think Justin Thomas, um, if this was being played at the Blue Monster, I'd probably be lumping on. But um, he, his West Coast results tend to be the Bermuda tracks rather than the Poana tracks, if you see yeah. where I'm coming from. Yeah. We know that John Rahm has won at Torrey Pines. He's had a few weeks off. Seemed to be getting a little bit towards the end of his tether at the end of the last stretch of tournaments he was playing. Mm. Spieth, I'm still not convinced about the putting stroke. Fleetwood's in the form of his life. It's difficult to write off Tommy, in my opinion. And Ricky Fowler, you know, we knew he was going to have a nightmare last week, defending, and he did. Um, he could come back firing, but again, he doesn't seem to be hitting greens at the moment, which puts me off Ricky. And yeah. then you're down to these kind of mid-price or, or a little bit juicier kind of prices. Um, where are you heading with this, Barry? I know that you've gone for some bigger prices, haven't you? Yeah, I, I think it's because I can't really decipher between the, the shorter price guys which one I'd rather be on. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So that kind of led me a little bit further out um, into what I like to think is my wheelhouse, but hasn't been hasn't been too successful of late. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm sticking with Duffner again this week. Um, I've made the mistake of backing guys and then when they don't perform, uh, letting them go. And uh, you know he's still playing quite nicely. This is a real plot your way around ball strikers track from what I can tell and. Uh, you know, remember from last year and you know looking at the course again for this year um, you know he's uh, his all-round stats are pretty decent um, so he's got my money for the week uh, another one who caught my eye um, Duffner I picked at 66 to 1 um, I took six places uh, rather than five yeah. at a longer price um, yeah I've just, just for listeners, yeah, Paddy Power and Betfair Sportsbook have both gone six places of 50-odds this week. 
as have Betfred and Boyle Sports, uh, pretty much the rest of them have all gone the standard, traditional terms of five places and a quarter of the odds. Because it is a short field, yeah. clearly. Yeah, it's, field. it's only 65 players. so Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, six, it's nice enough, getting so. paid nearly 10% of the field. Um, mm. so. Oh, absolutely. I actually thought Duffner played well last, considering he had quite a long layoff. You know, I think it was a month between tournaments. He played. He was always kind of fringy top 10 Top twelve, yeah, played well. Yeah, no, it's pr- pretty decent, and th- he seems in a pretty good place. Um, uh, you know, classic Duffner uh, sense of humor as well. Boy, he was hanging out with Ricky Fowler the night before he was playing with Tiger, and he doesn't have a hat sponsorship at the moment, so he grabbed a hat from Ricky, which was Boss, and uh, kind of joked that like, you know, what else am I going to wear when I'm playing with Tiger Woods? So, um, okay. you know, it, it, it seems in a good mental place. So that was uh, that was enough. I'm going to stick with him anyway. If because if I didn't and he won, I would, uh, yeah, I don't know, uh, be jumping yeah. into the nearest lake. Um, next, for me, also at 66 to 1, six places, uh, which Paddy Power are pretty good, I think, on him, is Ches Reevy. So he is playing pretty damn well. Um, he is quite high in strokes gained T to green. His putting's not amazing uh, this year. But that's probably because he's hitting so many greens in regulation. So um, we know we don't need to put the lights out this week. So he's had a couple of seconds recently. And uh, that was enough for me to go. That's very seconds, what? Two, three and four weeks ago, he was uh, second back-to-back weeks. I know this is the first time around here. But um, if he's striking the ball that well, um, that, that's got me very interested at 66-1. to one. Um, my last, uh, well, so last at this level of odds is Brandon Grace, who is well capable of winning at altitude. Uh, he was second in the South African Open in January, which is played at 5,000 feet, and he won the Ned Bank in November, which is played at 4,000 feet. So, yeah. um, he's ticking a lot. No, 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 no problem with Kikuyu whatsoever. No, yeah. he's ticking along uh, nicely enough in the form. I mean, he was top 40 in Riviera, so. You know, nothing great, but that course doesn't always suit everybody. So, um, yeah, Grace Gracie's got enough going about him for me to get me interested at that. At, again, sixty-six to one, bit of a theme with the bets. And last but not least, I went and tried to find a really long outsider. Um, and looking at the course itself, um, trying to figure out who might match into that. And will- have you gone for what the Americans call the bomb? <laughs> the bomb tip. Yeah, well, if that's what it is, yeah, let's go with it. Um, that, that's what they call it. I think. I think it's a, for the Americans. It's anything over about twelve to one. But yes, <laughs> anything, anything triple digits. Let's call it a bomb. Yeah. The bomb. Is that, is that many, there's many is very likely to bomb out. Is that yeah? It, it, well, it, potentially, it but yeah. could very well. But particularly juicy. Six places, one hundred and seventy-five to one. He oh, is no. a winner as recent as October. He had a second place in the Trophy Hassan de uh, in April last year, which is a tree-line course, narrowly losing to Dodo Molinari. Um, and in his win in November at the British Masters, he held off Rory McIlroy, shooting a final round 61. Um, he has a lethal short game. He's not in the finest fettle of form at the moment, but you know that's part of the price. So Paul Dunn at 175-1. to 1. I thought that was quite attractive, and uh, I think very I, I think Dunn's a great shout, Barry. patriotic I bet do. as well. So <laughs> see see what happens. Don't, don't forget, he also he's also won a couple of times around um, Woburn for the uh, Open qualifying as well. Ah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of similar kind of links into him for for this kind of track. All in, um, I think, <laughs> yeah. 
for the price, he's, he's missed a couple of cuts on the trot. Yeah. But um, for the for the price that you're getting, the chance, you know, I think it's worth worth taking a chance at one seven five. Why not? So, it's good fun anyway. <laughs> Yeah. So that's me. That's me done there on my thoughts for, uh, for players to. Well, that, that's where my money is this week. So we'll see what happens. I guess. Do you want me to throw my penneth worth in, and then we'll actually go to the expert? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go on. I cannot and will not. Yeah, that's quite quite good. Cannot and will not look over Bubba Watson. I can see forty to one on Bubba with Unibet. So we're looking for a guy that can play well around Riviera, tick. Guy that can win on Poana, tick. And a guy, you know, if we're looking at, you know, Scott won in 2016 coming off a first. DJ, 2017, come, come into this off a first on one. We know that Bubba's done well in the past when he's won at Riviera. I think... Um, he went down Riviera, then he went directly to uh, the Blue Monster in 2016 and finished second. So I think Bubba Watson at anything around the 33 to 40 to one mark is a cracking bet this week. He played here last year. He was playing dismally with a ball that would you know wouldn't deviate. It was going dead straight when we know that he has to get it to do all right do right angles, and he was uh, quite comfortable. I think he's 38, something like that. I can see him going really well, Bubba. And he's played well at altitude. We know he goes well at Phoenix. He did well at Cherry Hills. Um, I just think Bubba's a decent price and a bit of value there this week. Um, I also think Cantley is a good price at 40-1 to 1 for a guy that was playing so well at Riviera a few weeks ago. Um, Poana clearly is in his makeup. He's a UCLA guy. Um, I think Cantley's got a big win in him soon and something like this is really good. They asked him in an interview, um, oh, you know, what would it mean to you if you won in your home town of Los Angeles, you know, you went here at the UCLA? And his response was, I don't really care where I play, I just want to win all the time. <laughs> and that's the kind He's of hungry. attitude you want. He, and he hasn't really, he, he hasn't really at a, a WGC level as yet or a major level. I know he's very early in his career in terms of, you know, the amount of tournaments he's played. He hasn't been there at the highest level so far. I think he'll be licking his lips this week to get involved, Cantley. Mm. I really do. So Cantley and Watson, I've also, um, and this is going to probably be more from a place perspective, but I think I managed to grab a little bit of 50 to 1 about Tony Finau um, this afternoon. I've had that as well. Yeah. Yeah. You must have read read some of my notes, Steve, because on my shortlist I've got Bubba and Finau. Um, I'm looking at Tony Finau, the sixth at Torrey uh, Pines, second Riviera. We're talking about correlations with um, yeah. the Kikuya and uh, Power. And if you look at that, you know, we talked about the, the top six from last year here um, a few minutes ago. You know, he's, he's, he's a long enough hitter to sit in that, that kind of category as well. Third for GIR at Riviera as well was eye-catching. He's played well at altitude in the work, uh, in the past as well, Paul. I said the numbers that got me for his, his outing at the Genesis: second in approach to green and first in tee to green. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We know we, we know, he, we know he sometimes putts like Ray Childs, but this isn't the biggest of putting contests this week. I think a man that can shape the ball both ways, hit tons of greens, as you said. I think you know fifty to one's a bit of a silly price, really. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, there's, there's some value. Yeah, I, th I think by the time I'm out tomorrow morning, that will be uh, 45s. But uh, but yes, uh, Finau's definitely on my uh, on shortlist, as, as was Bubba, for much the same reason as you were talking about. I'm still toying about whether to go with uh, Justin Rose at the front end of the market. Um, would be If I was going to pick one, that would be the... Um, be the one I think um, you know a, a, a lot of the players here you look at the top six from last year and five of them had got a recent enough win to uh, you know to register on their current form and you know back in the last year Rose was right on fire he won the last WGC um, that they played at Shashan won again in Turkey and Indonesia so clearly at the time he was a fantastic form he was a little bit off when he came back at the start of this year um, Abu Dhabi, 22nd, 8th at Torrey Pines. And he's been off since. He's taken a holiday. I think he, he, he was quite you know, vocal that he needed to take a break. Took a break with the family. Has been um, practising hard since. And, I, you know, I, 22, is that good enough for me to take on a player that I think from tee to green will get there? Poana, I think he'll be fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to sleep on that one and decide, I think. His, his caddy Fuchs lost his father last week. So is, is he not? Is he not caddying? Or do we? I couldn't tell you that. I don't know. But um, he definitely lost his father. I think it was the start of last week. Okay. Worth looking into. Yeah, his father li li lived in Devon, so I know, I know that definitely. That was something I saw on Twitter last week with Fooch. I follow Fooch. Yeah, um, I, mean, I think I, you know. Talking caddies, we, we looked at the importance of the caddies from Jimmy the, Johnson. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, and all of a sudden Thomas was playing calm again, wasn't it? Yeah, and. Um, you know how many shots did uh, Eddie Pepperell's uh, caddy save him? Or you know, yeah. a, a massive part of Eddie getting over the line at the weekend. You know, fair play to Eddie. I didn't have a penny on him, but you know, delighted to see him win. Um, but yeah, you know, this, it shows you how big an important part of the uh, the game having a, having a decent caddy on the on the bag is. So yeah, no, that's a, that's a good good shout, Steve. I'll take a look into that. Um, um, any interest? Yeah. I know, I know, I think I know your answer. Um, if you were to take one of the top six, who would you take? DJ. You well, I, I don't. I don't think I can take him. No, you, you you won't take him because of the price. I know that. No, no, no. I, if, if I was going to take one, it would be DJ. But um, would would you take Fleetwood over Rose, eighteens to twenty two to one? I don't think I'd take Fleetwood. I, 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 the thing I struggle with both of those is that you might end up with a place out of it, um, and you kind of depending on how you stake it for the week, you might cover yourself off. But um, I do struggle to see both of them or either of them actually winning, which is the the contention. You know, for me, perhaps the the better better route this week. Seeing as I'm struggling, I'm putting the line for a lot of the players at the top. Yeah. Perhaps the better route is to go down to the kind of uh, forty plus bracket and um, and just pick um, you know a handful of those guys. And uh, you know, even a even a place out of those is going to be going to be paying something dip, uh, you know something improved. I mean, one of the players around that price level again that interests me is uh, Matt Fitzpatrick. And we talked about the Crans link earlier. Yeah. Um. You know, he's, he won there in September. Um. And he was in fact he was in very solid form after that. He got nine consecutive top twenty finishes after that, and then uh, missed the cut in his last outing in Dubai. But again, like the other players, he's coming into this rested. He's not gone. He's not done this Honda Classic, um, uh, you know, straight over to Mexico route. So um, his ball striking's been good. His putting has been particularly good, which is an interesting thing to look at with Matt because when he is putting well, um, we know how strong he can be from tee to green. 
um, one round woven um, a couple of years ago um, to, to get off the mark at the European Tour. So I think there's a lot of correlation here which would go well for him and I'm seeing a bit of 60 to 1 at the moment. Um, 16th last year um, and he led the field for driving accuracy around here which you might expect with that kind of a player but he's, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot to like with Matt for this week. The other, um, two, the other two that interest me that we haven't discussed, one being Phil Mickelson, who yeah. I'm seeing John Rhodes at Skybet pricing him at 18 to 1, and I'm seeing as big as 25 to 1 with others, including Paddy, Paddy Power, six places each way. Mm-hmm. And the other one is our Bent Poa or Poana friend, Alex Noren, who's playing some outstanding golf right now. But of course, the, he's got this Honda Classic. Um, yeah, appearance over. overhanging him. Yeah, it's just, again. You look down at these prices and relative to the field. If DJ wins, then what are you getting for your twenty-two or twenty-five to one each mm. way return? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you also you could you could pick it in a, a you know without DJ market, but then Justin Thomas can win eight yeah. to one. It's almost like well, okay, if one of these top guys does go and win, then you know, fair enough. They've they've clearly played good enough golf to to win the golf tournament. But um, mm. yeah, it's, uh, the bookies have kind of got a grip of uh, uh, both Norren and Fleetwood at the moment, and the, the prices are getting a little bit prohibitive, really. Given you know they're playing they're playing fantastic golf, and you know I, I wish them both well. I you know hope one of them does get over the line um, one of these big events. And well, the thing is, it's modern day golf betting now, isn't it? Where you where you've got the you know the, these big names winning lots of tournaments, and the and the bookmakers are bet, bet you know they're they're building their book accordingly, aren't they? Yeah. And they're they're virtually making it impossible to bet each way on 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 the big names. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, yeah, you've got to pick one. Uh, you, really, well, you can't really go much more than one of those players at the, you know, between the twelve and twenty to one bracket at least. It's uh, uh, you know, otherwise you, you can't make yourself a coherent plan for the week. Um, but yeah, that's the nature of the beast at the moment. I, I, in terms of outsiders, Paul Dunn, as as Barry said, I think you know for 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 a hundred and seventy five to one shot, it's a great shout. Uh, Yost Loughton, who's coming off the back of a win. Um, and my bent power stats, um, in ter- there's, there's not much over on the European Tour, which is on pure but uh, pure power. But in terms of correlating it to bent power, uh, Yost tops my charts. So he clearly loves that format of well, those types of greens. Um, we know he can be a decent ball striker from tee to green. And as I say, he's coming off the back of a win where his putter was absolutely on fire. Could be a decent um, top 10, top 20 shout, Yost. Yeah, yeah, I mean, under hundred and twenty five to one. Um, let's just see if you're getting six each way with that because six. As Barry, yeah. as Barry was saying, you know, you're covering off. Yeah, you are. And um, Barry was saying, you you know, in a field of sixty five, and you know, without being disrespectful to some of the guys at the bottom, it's probably a field of fifty five. Um, you know, you you get you're covering off ten, you know, tenth of the market there with your your six places. Um, and yeah, Yo's one hundred and twenty five to one. Um, there's him and also uh, Brendan Steele, who's uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well he loves well. it. Yeah, we're talking um, West Coast, aren't we? And Brand- yeah. Brandon Steele's a, a real ubiquitous West Coast performer. Yeah, it's, again, looking for some of the numbers that uh, that you prepare for the PGA Tour. There's there's um, performances on altitude, bent power, uh, classical tracks. We know from Cedar Green, he's, he's very strong. Third at Phoenix last. Uh, a couple, uh, two out, last but one outing out, one the safe way I think it was at the back end of last year. 
Um, and actually, um, you don't associate don't associate him with putting because he's, that's not his game. But he's been putting sub one point seven for the last couple of weeks as well, with his last couple of outings. So um, there's a lot of little indicators there for Steel to have a decent week. And you, again, you're getting ninety to one against Steel um, with six places for the week. So yeah, I don't. In my mind, I'm thinking further, looking down and uh, and picking some of these uh, you know mid to longer play, price players for the week is more likely to be the strategy I'll go with isn't it getting a bit uh, to that time of year where it gets a little bit tricky because the field is quite deep this week uh, actually just nailing it down because we, as we've been talking for a while now we've made cases where you could you know back quite a lot of players and you know in isolation you could go oh yeah definitely you know sub, you know push Add them to the bet slip, click bet. You know, deep fields equals a bit more of a headache when it comes to betting, as far as I, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know if you guys suffer the same problems, but um, you know, if I, my my attention and gaze gets uh, kind of grabbed from many many different directions because there's so many <laughs> so many quality players there. End up back in half the field. Yeah, you have to do, do have to be regimented with it, and you know, the the challenge is you know you. you cut yourself down to three or four or five players, whatever you end up... Uh, Twelve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 12. Whatever you end up backing, and invariably the ones that you leave out are the ones that uh, start popping up on the first or second day of the leaderboard, and that's when you start... Um, yeah, when 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 your mood starts to uh, deteriorate when you see that yeah, That's you know. That's when you enter what we call Reload Friday. <laughs> reload yeah. Friday. Yeah. If, if, it, if it hasn't, if it hasn't already happened on Reload Friday, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's when it gets really dark. That's after a few weeks of Reload Fridays. You you hit Reload Thursday, and then uh, yeah, it does not. <laughs> <laughs> There's no going back from there. Just using the logic from last year. I mean, Dustin Johnson came here off a win. Tommy Fleetwood had won in Abu Dhabi. John Rahm had won at Torrey Pines. Yeah, Thomas Peters had just finished second at Riviera. They were all in the top five. So going down that route of you know guys with immediate form, the likes of Bubba Watson, the likes of Tony Finau, the likes of a you know a Phil Mickelson, um, a Patrick Cantley, you know at those kind of prices when you can't decipher between a DJ, a JT, a John Rahm because you know you can't really split the top guys. That logic fills in because if, if you're getting an each way place you're covering your week and a little bit of profit aren't you at those prices mm-hmm. yeah and the, the danger with backing these short price favourites is as you saw with Ted Potter you know the, the, this can happen and you know you've you back to back to DJ at five or six or seven or whatever the number is that you you back him for a tournament and uh, you know a, a Ted Potter pops up and uh, and scuppers you for the week so Part of well, even last week with JT, you know, 11 12 to 1, wasn't he? The highest player in the field. And it was such a tight tournament with him and List, who was, I think, 90 to 1. Yeah, 100s early doors, yeah. And really, List should have won that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he had the chances to win it. You know, golf betting, you know, golf betting isn't as easy as just picking one or two of the top guys and they're guaranteed to win. It doesn't work like that, does it? No. Sometimes really. it does and sometimes it doesn't, so. Interesting. It's going to be a good tournament. I, I can feel it. Yeah, Who, who's the one that you wouldn't like to win this week, Barry? Someone that you've looked at and you haven't gone with? Mm. Maybe Xander Schofler. Yeah, he's an interesting player, yeah. He's just coming back to form, isn't he? Yeah, and he was just a little bit shorter than the the group of guys that I backed. So, 
Um, yeah, that would that would bug me a bit. So, uh, how about he's just, yeah? Well, he's forty to one with some firms and sixty to others. So there's there's odds compilers out there that haven't quite got their heads around Shifley as well. Yeah, any any for you? Really, I think I'm quite happy with my with that portfolio. Do, do, do we ever see Phil Mickelson winning again, boys? Yeah, I think so. Because yeah. you know, you watch Pat Mayo and these guys, and they they laugh at the fact that you know Phil won't ever win again. Blah 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 blah. I, I I don't get that myself. I know that he's not prolific at the moment, but he's certainly coming becoming more and more. Consistent with his game at the top level, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, is not far yeah, off. Is you it? don't come fifth, second, and sixth in three weeks in a row without being close to being, you know, to a win. That's mm. it's ridiculous to scoff at the fact, you know, at the the thought that he won't win again. No, yeah, I, I, you, you I, say, I definitely think he does. Well, you just say the same thing about Tiger, hundred percent. Given what we saw last week, when he goes to Bay Hill, what what prize is it going to be for Bay Twelve Hill? to one at best, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, it'd be a mad short price. Yeah. Yeah. Will people really be backing him? Absolutely. He showed some serious signs last week, didn't he, Ty? Yep. Yeah. I mean, do, do, I could. It would not shock me at all if he wins this year. I wouldn't bat an eyelid at all. No. No. I wasn't a believer when he came back, but I'm. I'm starting to believe. I'm seeing signs now with Tiger that he genuinely is going to be right back in the thick of things. Can't wait! It's going to be amazing. No, no, it's br- it's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, can you yeah, imagine him, Rory, Thomas, and Spieth <laughs> and Johnson all getting in a mix and like in Augusta in a few weeks' time? Thirty-eight days, yeah, to, or was it thirty-eight days to Augusta? Like, yeah. it's that's close. Uh, the other thing with Bay Hill in a few weeks is it's never the deepest of fields. No. So yeah, he's going to be a very prohibitive price, but very tempting to get on Tiger in a couple of weeks' time. Mm. I think we're done, aren't we, chaps? Oh, you never answered the question. Sorry, I jumped in. Is, what? Who would be your player, Paul? I know you haven't quite selected yours. Would it be Justin Rose and what you were saying? Or? Yeah, well, see, I'm undecided with Justin. You've almost uh, you've almost put me off completely, which probably means he goes and wins now. Um, yeah. I always th- I always think he's a bit of a sort of second appearance kind of guy. You know, I, I get I get suckered in with Justin probably too regularly and. Um, Perhaps, perhaps that's the time to step back when you kind of recognise that. You know when he, you know when he's hit sort of, he was fifth for greens in regulation the week before, and you know he finished third or fifth or sixth. That's the week to get on him. Yeah, I yeah. I, do you know? I I looked at his record, and when he's won recently, um, almost exclusively, there are one or two exceptions, but almost exclusively, it's come when he's had a, a week or two or three's break. Yeah, really. That's yeah. interesting. A lot. Some of his wins have been back to back or very close, but there's generally been a week between. Um, and uh, before we won the HSBC last uh, for the, the last WGC, mm. um, he had three weeks off before that. So, um, but then you know he'd been playing good golf before that. And yeah, he had. I think he was runner up in BMW or something. Yeah, you know, I, for me, he needed a break and perhaps. That'll work one or two ways. He'll either come back rusty and then it'll be oh, you know, he's rusty. He, should, he, need, he needed to run or. Um, you know he's come back fine on all cylinders, and that's because he's rested and, and raring to go. It's you know you could argue that argue the toss both ways, but um, yeah, I, I, I expect I won't go with Rose, and then that'll be the one that come and bites me on the backside. Oh, guys, we're full of positivity here. <laughs> <laughs> 
positive Mondays. Yeah, yeah. No, look, hopefully we've um, we've grabbed one or two there that uh, that interest the listeners and uh, yeah, ho- I think so. Hope hopefully uh, increase the uh, the balance in our gambling accounts. Well, thank you for your time, guys. Just for listeners, Paul's uh, WGC Mexico Championship preview will be out Tuesday morning. So will his Tishwani Open preview. There are links placed beneath uh, or in the description here if you're uh, reading this or or listening to this on Podbean. Um, Thank you for your time, Barry. Cheers. Have yourself a good evening and to yourself, Paul. Yeah, have a good evening. We'll be back next week and uh, we will see you all again. Uh, next week. Thanks guys. Cheers. Bye bye.